0: what the actual fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians yours truly sammy previtt owner of fine food freedom and jenna warner owner of happy strong healthy we can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body try, learn, and grow.
1: Welcome back to season three and a half of the What the Actual Fork podcast. This is Sam and Jenna, and we are so excited to be back with you today. And I'm so excited that this is Sam's first day back after having beautiful Sienna.
0: Yes, I feel like (laughs) we've only connected via voice memos, where I'm just like... (laughs) What do I do? She's not sleeping. <laughs> is this normal? And you're like, yes. Stop freaking out. It is okay. And um, I'm like, wait, so excited to see your
1: face. <laughs> you're killing it.
0: <laughs> no, but excited to be back. And um, it's like, I just can't believe three months. She's three months old today. Like, isn't, isn't that crazy? it weird to talk
1: about something else other than her though? Like, isn't that kind of hard?
0: Yes. But what was weirder to me is I just got done um, or just got back from our fine food freedom retreat. We had our entire team. That. Yeah. Our entire team flew down to Florida because we have two girls that work one in Ohio, one in Charlotte. Um, and then there's the three of us here in Florida. So we all got together, got to an Airbnb right off the beach. It's great. But I think what was weird is obviously I stayed there without her. Um, but that, that even wasn't as weird as I thought it was going to be. What was weird was like talking about her and being like, she's a real human. I know that sounds like weird to say out loud, no. but I feel like when you're pregnant and you're like talking about the future with this baby, you get so used to it. And then of course, cause we went through infertility. I feel like we were like, for, like two and a half years where we were talking about Sienna without her being a real person so then when I'd be like at my retreat and be like oh like Sienna did this or Sienna I'm like oh my god like she's real it's so (laughs) weird like I don't think my brain has yet registered that she's a real human if that makes any sense
1: it absolutely does and I completely understand I still feel that way sometimes I'm like oh you're I made you yeah (laughs) I'm
0: sure every mom yeah experiences that where you're like look at you look at them and you're like what like except when they're
1: doing from? something naughty and I'm like this is your father
0: yeah <laughs> like, this was not me
1: now Noah oh, gets this like look in his eyes like when I know he's gonna do something naughty and I'm like Matt <laughs> <Like>, go <laughs> because I know exactly what he's about to do and this is because of you because I was an angel
0: <laughs> but... yes. well let's go let's go through a little summer recap like what have you guys because I feel like other than the little bit we chatted off air, like what is, what have you and Noah and Matt, like what have you guys been up to this summer?
1: You know, a lot of just beach time. I think last summer, so last summer Noah would have been six to nine months. Um, He started crawling and walking like towards the end of the summer, like in that range. And so the beach wasn't really that fun for us because he really, didn't do much but like wanted to move and didn't want to be like in a thing and whatever he never napped on the beach like some of these angel kids that I see like that was just not his thing um so this summer but he loved it and like this summer he's actually like playing and wants to swim and build sandcastles and holes and is obsessed with trucks and We actually went to a luau on Sunday night, like an end of summer luau. And like, he was obsessed with watching the hula dancers and like the fire throwers. And just like, I know this sounds so cliche because every mom will say this, like watching life through this little human's eyes is just so cool like it's so fun to like see what excites them and you know hear the things that come out of his mouth now because he's talking so much um and like he's forming sentences and we're like okay I know that word and that word (laughs) like what was in between um that's just it's been really fun so we've done a lot of nothing but it was truly one of the best summers that we've had as a family like ever um Labor Day weekend was just us and it was And we had, we saw some friends, but like we spent Labor Day, um, just us. And it was
0: really nice. So how about you tell me about your summer? (laughs) Well, that made me so happy that you guys are so happy. And that's, I know, like you said, it's a cliche thing and obviously Sienna is still too young. Like we're just trying to, we're working so hard to get just like a smile right now, (laughs) but I can imagine like how seeing life through Noah's eyes, like brings back joy and like childlike joy for you of like how to be present and how to enjoy the little things that like as adults, if we would go to that luau, we're like stressed and like thinking about like other right. things sometimes. Like there's
1: flies, mosquitoes, whatever. Yes. <laughs> like- yeah,
0: totally, totally. It's
1: also interesting too. And I know we can, we'll chat about this on a podcast at a later time when Sienna starts eating, but watching the eating changes too and really incorporating the things that I learned from podcasting guests that we've had on this show and just following them on social media you know it's really fascinating to watch that process too like now that he has opinions and taste buds and preferences um and like I watch like when he's excited like if we're out with people like he won't sit down to eat because it'll take him out of his fun and like it's just like the things that I thought would really stress me out but like having this intuitive eating food freedom mindset it's just like he'll be fine like he'll eat when he's hungry and like he does you know but like that used to stress the fuck out of me and now like it's it's a process but it's very very fascinating to like watch it now that he can tell me what he wants like point and pick and like answer questions um and like say like eat when he's hungry. Like the other night, Matt tried to like switch up his routine and took him up for a bath instead of dinner. And he was crying, crying like, eat, eat. <laughs> we were like, dude, you're going to get your dinner. And then Matt like brought him back downstairs, like naked. He was like, feed him. Like he wants to eat. <laughs> that's so,
0: so that's
1: cute. really interesting too. I can't wait to talk to you about that in a couple months.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like we need to create podcasts on this because I'm in the middle of right now hopefully I'm going to knock on wood and like cross my fingers. I don't want to release it yet, but we're working on like a series of, it just came to me the other day, like the parallels of diet culture and feeding your baby, the whole like formula versus breast milk thing that you see all over social media. So kind of have that mapped out, don't have it produced yet, but I feel like we could even turn that and like the baby stage into the toddler stage and but like you said, like, so thankful that we have this foundation as moms of like, at least we're not wrapped up in the diet culture bullshit. Cause I, cause you see the parallels. So if you're wrapped up in diet culture and you're a mom, and then you're going to also have this guilt and shame with the feeding your baby, feeding your toddler thing. Oh my God. I, I literally can't imagine. No, um, it's,
1: and the marketing that's out there too, from TikTok influencers and social media influencers about like, I mean, I I've, so many of these but like the people that are trying to shame mothers into not buying their kids foods like goldfish like it's a child staple like for bullshit reasons that have no science evidence behind it it's just I can imagine the stress if you're also trying to ugh, just change your body in that process as well
0: yeah yeah so a lot of that going on but- well, I'm
1: excited I want more information on that
0: I know. I'm excited too. <laughs> and again, I know you and I have been talking about how we want to do more podcast episodes, just you and I, and because there's just so much. So. so much.
1: So before we get into that, tell me the highlights of your first the your fourth trimester. I'm sorry. Because that's really what you're kind of coming out of right now. I don't feel like it ever ends, but like technically three months is a trimester. How give us some high level. Yeah,
0: when you said first trimester, I was like, oh god, I hope I'm not in the first trimester again. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's like you said, this could go so many ways. We can make this a whole podcast episode in and of itself. But I think from listening to you and other moms, like we did the episode with Dylan Murphy, which was super helpful because that was like literally right before I had Sienna. Um. And then just other mom friends, right? Like in real life before having her, just recognizing that, like, you know, people prepare for labor, they prepare for birth, but then that happens. And then they just think, like, oh, I'm gonna have this perfect little sleeping baby, like I see on social media. And it's like, uh, hell no. Um, so yeah, like that helped me because I think I was like very prepared for how I was gonna feel emotionally, physically, like all of those things. Um, so I really, I also am very grateful for my team at Fine Food Freedom and you obviously with what the actual fork, because I was able to just fully disconnect. Like, I think there were, I haven't counted how many, I maybe made like 10 TikToks, maybe, maybe a little more while I was you know, in the course of the three months. And that was honestly just when I was like bored and she'd be like randomly napping for three hours. And I was like, I don't know what else to do. So like, I'll make a TikTok. Um, but I just feel so grateful that I was able to just be so present. Like, I feel like I would literally just stare at her for hours and be like, Oh my God, you're so fucking cute. I want to eat your face off. (laughs) And, but now coming back into work, like, I feel ready, like near the end of it. I was like, would be times where I would just like have these creative moments and I'm like oh I wish I was like working again but like not yet and like don't do anything with this but write it down in a note so I'm excited to have some time back now to myself to like have that creative space but also have a cute little chunky baby that I love so much so I love that. I'm very grateful
1: blending the two things together is going to be your moment I know it (laughs) it is and I'm excited to watch the next chapter so while you are gone and scrolling through social media maybe give me your what biggest what the actual fork moment that stopped you in your tracks while you were on maternity leave and you decided not to respond to it
0: yeah. Well, I actually made a TikTok about, I made a TikTok about my, what the actual fork moment. So I'll just do that. Cause okay. it, it was my biggest one. Um, and it was funny because Julie, you know, Julie on the fine food freedom team, she like texted me. She's like, I'm at the library. Can I come over and see Sienna? Cause the library is like one block from my house. Um, so she was over and I was like, actually, yes, I have a virtual appointment with my endocrinologist and you can like play with Sienna and I'll like pop on this thing. Well, Sienna ended up screaming and needed fed. So I was nursing Sienna and Julie was sitting right in my living room with me. And I was on this virtual appointment and I um, take levothyroxine and I I have hypothyroid. So before pregnancy, I was on a dose. Then they had to up the dose during pregnancy. And then they were like, okay, we're probably gonna have to pull you back down. Like once you have the baby, like as we monitor your levels. And I'd gotten blood work done like twice postpartum and my numbers keep dropping, 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 and they're on like the lowest end of normal. And one of the big symptoms with this medication, if you're over medicated, is anxiety and like like gritting your teeth, like feeling anxious, like not being able to sleep. Now, the hard part is that's like also postpartum. <laughs> like being a mom. So, yeah. And <laughs> being a mom. So I'm like, okay, like is it postpartum anxiety? Is it because of the medication but also knowing like okay my levels are dropping low normal like I don't need to be on this much medication so I kind of went into the consult being like okay I want to get back to the dose like if I can so I pop on the um call and I'm nursing it's virtual so like it's like shoulders up she can basically only see my head and she's like oh congratulations and she was like She's like, Oh, you're breastfeeding is the weight just like falling off of you. And Julie's like behind my phone, like staring at me and you know, Julie, she's like so expressive. Her face
1: probably went crazy. Yeah.
0: So I just kind of like literally like ignored her and like, didn't even address that. And was just like, yeah, I'm nursing. And then I was like, and I like was explaining what I was experiencing. And she's like, well, don't you want to stay on that dose? Because that can actually help you lose weight. And I was like, is this woman fucking kidding me? And then, and then she like, I, I somehow tried to like redirect her again and she just like wasn't getting it. And she was like, Oh, well, what did you weigh before pregnancy? What did you weigh during pregnancy? What do you weigh now? And I was like, Bitch, I don't weigh myself. Like, I like had to like literally. What like, did you
1: actually
0: oh. say? I want to know. <laughs> I, I said that. No, I'm just kidding. No, what I actually said, which I was getting like really flustered. Cause I'm like holding Sienna, I'm like holding right. the phone. She like keeps talking about weight. I'm like, this is like a joke. What I said was, um, I said, actually, I'm an eating disorder dietitian, which like, that's not what I call myself, but I just like, was like, I'm an Shut eating disorder up. dietitian. Yes. <laughs> I do not weigh myself. I have not weighed myself at any of those checkpoints. You just asked me, I don't know my weight. This isn't about weight. I'm feeling anxious. And I would like to lower my medication. Can I do that? And then she was literally like, Oh yeah, we can lower your dose. (laughs) What you were pre-pregnancy, we can lower it. And I was like, and then I like left the call feeling so uneasy because I was like, I just like told the doctor what to do. Like right. I don't even know like if that's right. So I need to hire right. Gregory, Gregory Dodell, everything Endocrine, who we had on our our last um uh, I tried episodes. to refer
1: someone to him, but I think that he only does New York State, which is so sad. I know. You try and uh, report back to us because I referred someone to him the other day and I was felt so bad when she told me she couldn't see him.
0: <laughs> Yeah. So my, what the actual fork moment is just like
1: That's insane.
0: total fat phobic doctor who like, again, I recognize I've been privileged. Like I didn't have to deal with like oppression or discrimination, but the fact that like, I was trying to explain symptoms that weren't like feeling pleasant in my body. And she just kept bringing it back to weight. And I was like, dude, it's not about weight. Like this, this is like literally we don't have to talk about weight. So anyways, that was mine. So that's I lowered absurd. my dose back. And Yay. Well, all, How do you feel? <laughs> uh, I feel okay, but like I still I have to do blood work in three months. So to be continued. Ugh, that's so hard
1: and sad and frustrating. And we should do more episodes on that too. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think for me, most recently, I think just the biggest what the actual fork moment and we're going to manifest this right now because I would like to have her on our podcast but food science babe has just been tearing shit up on TikTok recently just taking down a lot of these creators that are just putting out misinformation about seed oils and ingredients and just putting in fear and there was a recent Stitch, that your dietitian BFF, who's also a fantastic creator on TikTok, who we also have to have on the podcast. So they did um, a TikTok together, just talking about how there's a viral video out there of this college student who is very upset because her eggs are being cooked in canola oil. Do you see that one? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Stitch that Clara did was she was reading pages out of the book Fearing the Black Body um, and talking about the roots of this like healthism and elitism in health um, and how it goes back to like really racist roots and it was just like fascinating but so my what the actual fork moment was how then I saw, this is like, follow this story, everybody, because then I saw um, this guy, I don't remember his name, CBD something, he's a carnivore, Um, and he- He's a carnivore. <laughs> he's a carnivore, and he responded to it too, and just like the racism aspect of like the conversation just like went right over his head. Like just like wasn't engaging in like the actuality of like the conversation at all, and just continued to stay with his narrative that- Seed oil is quote unquote, so bad. And it's just, I guess the moment for me is just kind of what we talked about in this episode that we're going to share with you guys in a minute, but just about how misinformation can spread and how fast it spreads and how the faker, the better when it comes to what goes viral on these platforms and just how scary it is to be somebody who's consuming this information without the ability to understand what's real and what's not.
0: What a perfect segue into this right? <laughs> episode. Literally couldn't even do be it on
1: purpose. So, we should introduce the guests that we actually had on this episode today. So, we interviewed the ladies of the Unsavory Podcast, which this podcast intersects true crime and food. We had Sarah Muncaster and Becca Harris with us today. Um, you want to read their bio?
0: I don't have it pulled up in front of me. And that I is will. just the epitome <laughs> of returning from maternity leave. Hence why Jenna is also in charge of the recording, because my brain is only half working right now.
1: But like, let me just give you credit, because you are just pulling like facts and stories out and just so like not missing a beat. Like I remember my first episode back, I was like, I don't even remember my name. <laughs> like, so like, I'm going to read their bio right now. So Sarah and Becca are dietitians based in Toronto. While completing their master's in nutrition communication, they uncovered their shared love for true crime. From there, the Unsavory podcast was born, and in their show, they discuss crime and scandal in the food industry using an evidence-based lens, Um, and that really is the perfect introduction to this episode. We talk a lot about their podcast. We talk about a lot of high-level bullets from some episodes that we found super interesting, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it and also have another podcast to listen to um, that will keep you very, very occupied.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I I really love the podcast and everything that they do because it's so different than any other podcast. And it's, it's like, you see all these things, like they referenced, you know, the way down diet, the bad vegan game changers, like a lot of these things that there's documentaries on that people are seeing. So it's awesome to know that we have them as a resource too, because like they talk about how in all of these scandals, there's so much misinformation. So such a great resource to have. And I'm really excited to share this episode.
1: Yeah. And one last thing too, is they also do in their episodes, which we'll talk about today, it's it's storytelling. So they're not like, bringing down diet culture in the way that you know Sam and I like to chat about it on here but it's a great compliment to what we talk about because they're telling you from like start to finish this story and like about the uh the scandal or the crime and bringing in the anecdotal like evidence-based information to support the the story that they're telling which I think is really cool so without further ado guys enjoy the episode Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the What the Actual Fork podcast. We are super excited today for a couple of reasons. One, I'm just gonna say it: it's mine and Sam's first episode recording after her maternity leave, which is so exciting. um And we're gonna celebrate with the ladies of the Unsavory podcast. Welcome, Sarah and Becca, to the show. Hi, thanks for having hey.
2: us. Yeah, thanks for having us, and welcome back, Sam. <laughs>
0: Thank you. This feels like a podcast party because I think this is the most people we've ever done on one. We have maybe one other episode where we had four people. So I love and a good so podcast party. Probably <laughs> the
2: first with four podcasters.
0: Exactly. Yes, that is <laughs> definitely true.
2: Well, ladies,
1: why don't we start with you guys telling us a little bit about yourselves individually and also as a
2: duo? Yeah, Sarah, you want to take... Yeah, okay, I'll go first. Um, well, my name is Sarah, and you know when we give our our bios, you might find a lot of overlap between Becca and I, because <laughs> we did our undergrads together um, in Toronto, and then we went on and did the same master's program, the Master's of Nutrition Communication together, um, and we're also both second career RDs, so we both did you know degrees before and had jobs before, um, and then came to nutrition in our late twenties. So that's a little bit of my background, and sorry, spoiler alert, also Becca's background, (laughs) Um, and now I work as a clinical dietitian. We're done school, thank goodness, and in our free time, we work on our baby, this podcast called Unsavory, where true crime meets food.
3: Yeah, and I feel like a lot of that is repetitive for me, (laughs) but I actually, I started out Um, in in the field of criminology. So that was my first degree and um, kind of where I was at the beginning of my career. Um, so I used to work for the provincial government here in Ontario in like justice technology. And so I've always had this like fascination with, with crime, um, but more so kind of like why people do what they do and um, kind of like the social dynamics and psych dynamics of like why people do things. And that kind of led me into nutrition um, like a little bit later. And as Sarah said, we did our undergrads and our masters together. And um, now I'm working, I have, my own business, I'm working with um, individuals with ADHD. So I'm specializing in that area and like the nutrition implications around that. And then again, in our free time, we work on unsavory.
0: (laughs) Well, we're definitely going to get into all things unsavory podcast where true crime meets food, which we're really excited about. But before we do that, and this might be an overlap question, Um, we like to ask our guests about a moment, maybe it was yesterday, maybe it was today, maybe it was last week, maybe it was a year ago, but a moment in time recently or not that really made you stop in your tracks and say like, what the actual fork is going on here? And chances are with you ladies that you turned it into a podcast. Um, So whoever wants to go first, I see Becca, you're excited to share. Give us your what the actual fork moment.
3: Well, we listened to your podcast so we were expecting this question. (laughs) Um, But what I was going to say was we did actually do an episode on Goop and all things Goop tend to be a little bit quacky. Um, Not everything, but most of it. Uh, One of the biggest, what the actual fork moments for me, I think was when Goop was promoting these healing stickers that basically um, helped, they claimed to help with rebalancing energy and any deficiencies. And so we actually did cover that in the podcast, but they claimed that there was like an element in these stickers that came from like NASA um, equipment. And NASA actually had to make a statement saying that that was untrue. Um, so I'd say that was probably the biggest one for me.
0: <laughs> I didn't, didn't you raise also my have, hand,
2: like, but hand? I just-
0: I'm sorry I no I the just candle. got so excited over this shit and isn't there like an egg that you shove the up your vaginas. vagina too I thought
1: it was a candle okay yeah an egg <laughs> that was like the healing stone the candle
2: smells <laughs> like vagina the egg goes in the vagina important <laughs> wait, distinction wait is that true or did you just make that I, up no I'm pretty sure it's true Becca well, it smells like <laughs> Gwyneth's vagina
3: Gwyneth and then I think they did one for one of the Kardashians as well <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who buys this shit <sighs> people who are curious well yeah i guess that might create curiosity oh my gosh okay <laughs> and now sarah do you also have a what the actual fork moment
2: not quite as specific but i was listening to your recent um shredding for the wedding episode and i get married next week and like it's like social media knows And the like targeted ads, suggested accounts are all about like shredding for the wedding. And I'm like, get out of my life. I don't need any additional stress right now. So that's my, uh, what the actual fork
1: they're always listening. And it's so terrible. Um, One of the thank you both for sharing. And it's so funny. This was like, so perfectly timed. And I just remembered on my drive home this morning from the gym, I was listening to Z100 um, radio station here, and they were talking about milk for some reason. And one of like their interns said, and I wrote it down. She said that they're, she's researching a link between people that drink or serial killers and that they drink milk. Have you guys come across that at all? She was basically saying that in any like creepy movie that like the serial killers always like drinking a glass of milk. And then one of the guys was like, I love milk. And they were like, Obviously, roasting egg. But <laughs> like, mate, if you haven't done an episode on that yet, please let me know when you do.
0: I just wrote it down. <laughs> um, my husband like chugs milk before he goes to bed. So is he gonna murder me? Like, Red should I be worried? Flag. Red
1: flag! <laughs> oh
3: my <laughs> god! Spray in your bedside table. In <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness. Well, Jenna, you let me know where we want to take this, but I want to hear from these ladies, like what podcast episode is like your favorite, which one sticks out to you? I'm sure they're all so interesting, but I just want to hear, tell us about the podcast and what episode really sticks out to you, whether that's different or the same for you girls.
2: Okay. I can go. Um, so Okay, about the podcast. So it's where true crime meets food, which might sound pretty niche, but like the breadth of topics that fit into true crime and food is astounding. And every single day, Becca and I are like, hmm, are we gonna run out of topics? No, no, we're not. <laughs> um, what I love about unsavory is that it really is Storytelling. So it's these really interesting, kind of fascinating stories that, you know, have a true crime element of some sort. And then we can also use our nutrition backgrounds to provide education and sort of dispel misinformation in the process of telling the story. So it's not just like info overload, it's like woven into this really fascinating story. Um, and often that comes back like that kind of helps in its own way to dispel diet culture at the same time like a lot of the stories have a misinformation element or um like some piece of misreporting in the media that's been taken out of context or yeah taken without any context something like that so that's why um i think unsavory is really important and and it's it's education without being kind of boring I don't want to use the word boring, but we do talk about like science and food safety and like those things aren't necessarily fun for a lot of people, but when you wrap it up into a story that has a true crime element, it becomes pretty cool.
1: I love how you just said that and the episodes that I've listened to more recently, and I have your website up here so that I can get the names correctly, but I believe it was, and I know we talked about this. I'm smiling because we talked about this already before we started to record, but you covered a scandal that started in 2020 um, and is actually still incredibly relevant today because there's newer lawsuits attached to it and just new information that's come out more recently on social media. Um, And as somebody who's also talked about this quite a bit, I get questions in my DMs about this fiber scandal we'll call it all the time but one of the things that you mentioned in the episode is and for anyone listening this is their January 3rd 2022 episode is you talked about how nutrition information or that information on social media can spread like wildfire even though it's planted and like purposefully wrong like there was an element to that story that was like a plant that was like to see how far the misinformation would spread and it spread pretty fucking far. It did. Um, Like, is there anything that you can add to that?
2: Um, Just like, you're right. Information on social media can spread really fast, really far, and it may not be true. And that's, yes, it comes up in that um, specific episode, but also in so many different other episodes. Like it's a really common theme, the Harvey Milk episode, the what else Becca like goop for sure
3: almost every single episode (laughs) um I was gonna say though that there there was a I don't know if it was like a a, like legit research study but there was this um research study done and they showed that information spreads quicker and like more rapidly when it's false information because it sounds more clickbaity, and then people are more willing to share it thinking that they're kind of sharing something that's novel and, um, dramatic. Uh, and so (laughs) we've like looked into this like quite a bit and like almost every single story has some element of misinformation, um, in the news, which is wild.
0: (laughs) I forget the stat I heard about Facebook and how like a certain percentage of what you see on Facebook is fake news. It's probably like 90 to 99%. But I feel like too, I feel like it's different generations that get their information from Facebook. But do you guys see that with like, do you look into like different social media platforms or just all social media platforms as fake news?
3: I think it's more dependent on who the news is coming from. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as much the platform, but like the specific individuals. And I think that there are certain platforms like Instagram who, make certain people seem like authority figures
2: with that little blue check mark. And I think that yes. that can be really, really bad.
0: <laughs> yes. And on,
2: I know. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say the reach on TikTok too is so far and fast and like easy and quick to consume. And you move on so quickly that you're not thinking critically. You don't have time to think critically about every single video you're seeing.
1: And on TikTok, if somebody sees something that becomes successful, it gets replicated. So like anybody is out there replicating a viral video and saying I say this all the time but stating opinions as facts and then people just see more and more content of like we were talking about before that seed oils are so bad for you heavy air quotes and it's just the same people just trying to replicate this viral information and it's ridiculous yeah, yeah ever- There
3: was one of tiktok that kind of went viral in- here in canada that tim hortons like our beloved coffee shop slash like fast food restaurant was closing down, and I believed it for about a week. I was like mourning this coffee shop, and I found out later that it was just fake
1: news. So it's thriving. <laughs> it is thriving. They had one in my hometown in Rochester as well. <laughs> That's how close we lived. Um, it was there too. But one of the things, as I scroll through your episodes, I think that's super relevant to our podcast and listeners in general. And obviously we want all of them to go listen to this episode, which I will as well. But I'd love to hear some of the high-level bullets about your episode with Weight Stigma and the way Down Diet. Um, That topic just seems to fit us perfectly.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so that one was an interesting one. So it kind of focuses on this woman, Gwen, was it Shamlin? That's Shamlin. Um, and she is a registered dietitian or she was a registered dietitian spoiler. Sorry. Um, but, uh, so she's a registered dietitian. So she kind of, she has the credibility to be speaking about nutrition related topics. And she was also uh, very religious and she kind of morphed the two to start like a nutrition group slash cult. Um, and, it was pretty bad because it was all about weight loss, but it became very much a community that was kind of feeding off of one another um, with this like weight loss kind of diet culture-y type vibe. Um, It has a pretty tragic ending. It's worth a listen to, but uh, it's a really interesting one. (laughs)
0: I'm excited to listen to that one. And as I scroll through your episodes, I'm also excited to listen to the one on Bad Vegan. Jenna, did you watch that on, was that Netflix, I believe? That's
1: the documentary with the couple and like, oh, that one was spicy.
0: <laughs> so I I watched the documentary. So I would love to hear from you girls as you like did research on it. Did you find like, was there anything in addition to the documentary that you found as you were doing research and uncovering things that surprised you?
2: Well, the documentary was definitely one of our biggest sources. We kind of covered it simultaneously. Um, But like that one was so interesting because of the like level of manipulation that was happening with this boyfriend, this one, the woman who, who the main of character in the story so successful like had this thriving restaurant tons of friends adorable dog like a really amazing kind of situation at least on the surface and this partner that she found was able to come in and like totally manipulate her life in a really astounding way that kind of makes you think like wow like could that happen to me um and then even sort of going back to the one we were just talking about with Gwen Shamlin the weight stigma and the way down diet, there is this level of like kind of understanding when you start to really look into the stories and you're like, hmm, this started as something sort of normal. And then as things become more successful and there's more power and there's more influence, it can become corrupt pretty quickly. And both those stories sort of have that element that I just find really fascinating.
3: Yeah. Often success and power play a huge role in these businesses kind of going awry.
1: I think that was the same like trend in your Herbalife episode too. And um, like on your social media, there's so much good information on like backup information on that episode too, and that story. And I think I've seen quite a few dietitians post like on their social media, like beware of, and like in their hometown, like XYZ store, like it's a Herbalife storefront like that are now like disguised as just like smoothie pop-up shops and like places there's a place in my town where it's like I don't know it has all these like crazy sounding smoothies and then it just puts like 100 calories or whatever trigger warning on that but it and it's all just like this Herbalife storefront and on your page right now there's just so that episode was so fascinating of like the story behind this company it talked about power and like the man that started and him passing away. Like, just give us some of those details. (laughs) I know you said you wanted to do three parts on it. So maybe we can do some of it here. (laughs) That one was like the never ending episode
3: to research for because every time I looked up a new topic, there was like three more articles of things that I hadn't covered um, because they're, or they have previously as well as are also now continue to be sued out the hoo-ha. Like they- have done a lot of very negative things to like, especially lower income communities. They've basically targeted um, in the States mainly uh, a lot of lower income communities with their products and to get them to sign on to be Herbalife distributors. And um, now people are recognizing that their whole platform is a bit, I mean, it's a pyramid scheme or it's a, maybe I don't want to (laughs) assume. it's an mlm um but it takes advantage of a lot of individuals and people are now starting to realize that and so they are involved in a lot of lawsuits currently and have been previously Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah we've covered mlms in a couple different episodes because not surprising it comes up a lot at the intersection of true crime and food um And it is always interesting for Becca and I to kind of look back, look like it's so easy to be like F Herbalife. (laughs) Um, But it's also important not to judge those that like get drawn into something like Herbalife because it is appealing and it offers a certain, or it seems to offer a certain amount of freedom and flexibility. And like, there's one called the gifting tables that we cover. Um, It's an MLM. Actually, that one was a pyramid scheme, a true pyramid scheme. And It was all like largely, actually 100% single mothers or mostly mothers that were trying to bring in additional income during the recession. And so you see how people get drawn into these things. And that's kind of what I like about our podcast as well, is that Becca and I might go into an episode thinking like, ooh, this is going to be juicy for these reasons. And then we learn so much about kind
0: of the other side while we're doing it. I think that's a good point that you brought up and I'm really glad that you said that to Sarah is that when we're on our social media platforms talking about you know being anti Herbalife right or like saying fuck Herbalife I think people internalize that let's say if they if they took Herbalife products or sold Herbalife products right being like oh Sammy's saying fuck you to like me directly and it's like no 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 we are anti diet culture, right? We're, we're anti this business that is just out there to pry on your or prey on your insecurities and really, really, really try to break you down, but we're not anti-human beings who diet. And I think that's a really important distinction to make because I would say 99.99999% of our listeners and probably your listeners too have been on a diet or have struggled, um, With their relationship with food and body. And we have to sometimes go through those things to recognize like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And I don't want to be a part of this. Um, so I'm really glad you made that distinction because any of the diets that you guys cover on the unsavory podcast or anything that we cover here on what the actual fork we're not anti-human beings who do that because I know Jenna, for example, has done pretty much every diet that's ever existed. Probably um, twice. <laughs> and it, it, I'm not anti-Jenna, right? We're anti the diet. So saying. yes. <laughs> for
1: sure. One of the things too, that I think is really cool that you talk about in a much earlier episode, which and you, you cover one of, I think, the most fascinating experiments That I've ever researched, but in the episode about the Minnesota starvation experiment, um, which I think for diet culture, it's one that is talked about a lot. But in the description of it, you say on here that Becca covers the challenges that arise when conducting nutrition research and some of the ethical considerations that must be made. I just think it's so important to call attention to the fact that dietitians are looking at research, because oftentimes you see on social media, you know, people making these claims about research in general, and that dietitians don't know how to read it, and so on and so forth. When you are doing research for your podcast, like, what are some of the things that you are looking for when it comes to like the supporting information for not you're you're telling a story, but the supporting Research on the stuff that you are looking at to make sure that it is legitimate because we know there's a lot of illegitimate things out there as well.
3: Of course. Uh, great question. Um, I would say the source is definitely number one. Like, where is the information coming from? Who is conducting uh these research studies, as well as is it funded by anyone else in industry? Um, because that's a massive one as well. Like, is it I think there was a massive one in um, what's that movie, The Game Changers, where they talked about avocados, and it turned out that the studies that they were um, referencing were all funded by the avocado industry. So you really kind of have to look out for things like that. Um, but then also sample size like what type of sample size were they looking at? Was it small? Was it big? Obviously, the bigger the better. And um, if the study has been reproduced in any way. So um, if other researchers have tried to do either the same study or similar replications of study studies. Um, now it's hard to do this for every single thing that we talk about on the episodes, but we really do our best. And um, we do have access to um, like one good data, like data resource that we use. Um, so we try our best, but those are the things that I would say that we look out for number
1: one. Thank you. That's so. it's super helpful. And I think it's important to just like bring attention to that because, um, yeah, there's just a lot of hate out there in so many different ways. Um, one question that I know Sam and I both have for you is what is, like the most fascinating episode in your opinion. Like if you were to tell our listeners, like go listen to this one episode, it's gonna blow your mind. You know, what would it be?
2: Do you wanna go first? Do you have one?
3: Sure. I there's so many I that I find interesting, but I feel like I'm gonna base this off of the ones that I've gotten like the most lost in the research because. I think that that's an indicator of me being fascinated, um, but the prison food episode where we talk about just the different foods and the evolution of prison food throughout history, uh, it was really interesting and just kind of why prison food is perceived as being very negative and disgusting, um, but where that kind of came from and what kind of led to, um, it being seen and like, sorry, it's, (laughs) go with it (laughs) it's just I feel like through its evolution um it has remained a constant in being in prison and so I just found it extremely fascinating as well as just the different kind of goops and things that they serve to prisoners and why that is um so that was one that I would find uh, that I would recommend to to others to listen to
1: I think that narrative too gets advanced by every TV show that you see about prison I was actually just watching I don't does anybody watch the show in the dark or am I the only one <laughs> no yeah. um, it's fantastic it's about a girl who is legally blind and you know the, the trouble she gets into but she was in jail in the episode that I just watched <laughs> yesterday and like I mean what they put what they show them serving like does not help that narrative at all so I'm excited to
2: listen to that one yeah that okay, was Sarah. Um, yeah, well, you were talking, Becca, I thought of three <laughs> and what's cool is that they all have a really similar element. And I don't even think I realized that until right now, but so I love, love, love Oprah Winfrey's Texas beef, like the lawsuit she got into with, when she's talking about mad cow disease on her show. And she said something about the beef industry and they tried to sue her and she moved her whole entire show to Texas and like became this little hometown hero in this small little town. Um, and I loved that one because it talked a lot about how something that she said with her free speech on her own show, just a flippant little comment, turned into this huge lawsuit that actually did have an impact on the profits in the beef industry that year. There was a, like a direct drop. And then a second one would be the Harvey Milk and the Twinkie defense, which, again, was an example of something kind of being flippantly said in court that twinkies caused the defendant's depression but that's not what he said and it was taken completely out of context and the media just kind of ran with it and it became this big um sort of myth about twinkies so both of those and then one becca did again media misreporting or not misreporting being taken out of context by the public was the mcdonald's hot coffee case i loved that one where both becca and i had kind of our preconceived notion or I did for sure from um, like watching shows there's references to it which is basically someone just got this hot coffee and then it burned them severely but it was almost treated as a joke like of course the coffee's hot ha 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 but it's a really sad heartbreaking story and the way Becca tells it is definitely worth a listen.
1: It's so interesting that the theme of everything that you guys both shared is just the way that words can get misinterpreted and i think sam and i talk about that all the time specifically on social media but it's like like i said before like what somebody can say something that like sounds really cool take it out of context and make like a viral statement about it and now because of the social media land that we live in like you don't even have to have credentials to be an influencer and people will just believe that so yeah there's so much there.
0: I was just gonna add to Jenna, and I know I don't know if this has happened to you as much or to any of you ladies, but on TikTok, almost like the opposite to happen too. And I know Jenna, you know exactly what video I'm talking <laughs> about for myself, but you know you you have what is it fifteen seconds to three minutes on TikTok to make a video, and I'll make a video, and people cut me at you know, one line I say, and then they stitch my face with one line. I say that doesn't have any of the follow-up of what I'm meaning. And now there's like thousands of videos of me stitched looking like I'm saying something that I'm not, but that's, that's media. Right. And so it's, I'm so happy you brought up all those episodes that kind of come back to that. And I'm excited to listen to these, especially the McDonald's coffee one. Cause I know exactly what you're talking about. And for so long, I was like, Oh, I'm going to go pour hot coffee on myself so I can make a few million dollars. Like that'd be fabulous. Yes. Um, so I'm excited to listen to what actually happened. So to either of you that want to kind of close us out and, and just tell us like, where can our listeners find you? Where's the best place for them to go? And where can they find your podcast?
3: Yeah, so you can find us, we're in all of the different podcast listening apps, so um, Apple, Spotify, um, you can also find us on our website, it's unsavorypodcast.com, and then all of our social channels are also unsavorypodcast, um, and if anyone ever has any good suggestions or have heard anything interesting in the news, please feel free to email us, our emails on our website and all of our social platforms, uh, because we love hearing the scandalous news.
2: Yeah, we're always accepting episode ideas. (laughs) Thank you
1: guys so much for being here today. Thanks for having us.
2: Thank you for having us. It was so great to chat and welcome back, Sam.
1: Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and saves, and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun.